With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Talk Recorded live. Okay? Doesn't mean they're going to hell. 
not as long as it's not about the as long as it's not about salvation, the doctrine of salvation. Now, if you believe a heresy when it comes to that, if you try to add anything to the work of Jesus Christ, well, you've automatically disqualified yourself immediately. You try to add anything to the blood of Jesus Christ and his righteousness by trying to tap on some of your own righteousness in any shape, fashion, or form, you've you've disqualified yourself immediately. Now, if if that's the heresy that somebody is tagged on to, then... Hasta la vista, baby. You might as well just uh, run along and get hit in the traffic somewhere if you're going to go ahead and believe that. Because what you're doing, you're putting yourself ahead or saying you can add on something to what Almighty, our almighty sovereign God manifest in the flesh did. Then that's Amen. just the way it is. And you can tell a self-righteous sapsucker in a millisecond by them, the, the yeah buts. They're the yeah but bunch. Okay? Most of the heretics are yeah but bunches, but especially them that believe that they can tack on some kind of works to the, their salvation that puts them into the bride of Christ. Notice I was very careful with my wording then. Mm-hmm. That puts them into the bride of Christ. Because there is a bunch, the scriptures plainly indicate that some kind of works determines something about something or another that they're going to be connected with if when it comes to salvation in some way. And that's the reason I used all those specific words in saying that. Because there's verses that indicate that. Like the verse and like the verse in the book of Revelation that we're going to get to, where they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ, see. Now, if I just took you to that verse and didn't take you back and show you the doctrine of salvation for the bride of Christ, and didn't make a difference between the the gospel that Peter preached and the one that Paul preaches, and didn't make, didn't rightly divide the word of truth, and you just sat there on that verse that I just quoted out of the book of Revelation, you'd go to your grave believing you had to keep the commandments of God and be saved through the blood of Christ to get to heaven. See what I mean, Jelly Bean? That's why the Bible says to rightly divide the word of truth. That's why you have to be a moderate dispensationalist. You have to be. You can't lump it all into one into one bottle because it, it separates like oil from water. So keep that in the back of your mind, okay? That those that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus Christ, keep that one in the back of your mind for when we get to it, and then I will explain it. I'll go in detail and break it down. That'll be in Revelation, okay? It's in chapter 14, I think, Revelation chapter 14, verse 12, 11, 12, 13, something like that. It's ran in there, or 15, 11, and 12. It's in 14 or 15 in the book of Revelation. And you, you go, you run across those that, like when James says what he does in the book of James, faith without works is dead. You show me your works, by you show me by your faith by your works, and I'll show you my Works by, by, I don't got it mixed up now, but he said faith without works is dead. Paul says anything other than just faith alone, you put, you make yourself void of that faith. 
and I'm paraphrasing now, I'm not quoting exactly. But Paul says it's by faith alone. James says it's by works and faith. There you go again. See? This is the re- That's why these people that believe some of this stuff, folks, they're not your enemy. They're not, they, they believe what they believe because they think that they believe the Scripture. They hadn't went back to get the very essence of how to understand doctrine, number one. Number two, they've had a teacher that was wrong. And if you get a teacher that's wrong, the people he teaches that love him and do what they're supposed to do for him, they'll go on believing that, and they'll teach others the same. That's the way heresy comes down through the ages, folks. Through the last 2,000 years, we've had different heretics weeded out of the body of Christ galore, okay? Usually the one, the strongest heretics wind up starting a different denomination. That's what the Charismatics did, especially with the Azusa Street Mission back in the early 1900s, okay? That's what the Campbellites did back in 1828 with Barton Campbell and Alexander Stone in baptismal regeneration. That's one we're going to touch tonight, if, if I don't forget, and don't ramble off on something else. Believing that water baptism is what saves them, okay? And you can pin them down all day long, and if you finally you finally take the hammer and drive the 16-penny nail home, and they'll tell you the blood of Christ is applied when you go under the water. Because that, that, you got them pegged and they know they can't get away, so they make up some asinine something about the blood is applied when you go in the water. Scriptures don't say nothing of the sort. Not, nothing of the sort. But heresy has been, like I said, down through the ages. You take Savonarola back in the 1400s. He was a martyr the great preacher Savonarola. He preached against, he was in the Catholic Church and he saw the wickedness in the Catholic Church and how they were corrupt and he preached against it and believed what the Word of God plainly said in the scriptures they had then. And he showed the, the heresies of the Pope. He called he called the Pope out for what the Pope was, nothing but a pot-bellied liquorhead, a sinner saved by grace, and he got burned at the stake for it. Named Savonarola, y'all read about him sometime. It's one of the great martyrs, okay? Savonarola. He was preaching while the fire was burning. That was burning up his body. He was preaching all the way through it till the Lord took his spirit. Catholic. Martin Luther come out of the Catholic Church. All Catholicism is is, a, is not only heresy, it's the devil's religion, folks. Because everything that was true was completely twisted. Some of the Catholic doctrine that's right has been twisted, just turned a quarter of a degree to make it not true. Therefore, it was a, it's a lie. And that's the largest religion in the world, is Catholicism. 1.6 billion people, I believe. I'm talking about a white folks' religion, basically, okay? Even though they take in every Tom, Dick, and Harry. But, but right, you get, you, get, you get a good saved individual coming out of Catholicism, they'll stick with this book. They'll stick with this book till the day they die, and they'll stick, they'll stick with good doctrine till the day they die. And some of the best women that I've ever known in my entire life 
were ex-Catholic women that came out of the Catholicism, the teaching of the Catholic Church, and was saved by the glorious grace of God and got into the book and started studying. They were they were the picture biblical woman of Proverbs 31. The majority of them that I've met, I said the majority. There are some exceptions, I'm sure, and I hadn't met everyone in the world. I'm just talking about my experience now. Okay. So I want you to think about some, let some of that stuff roll over in your head. Okay? Heavenly Father, Lord God, I come to you tonight. You know me, Father. (laughs) I'm going to ramble and scramble and bumble and stumble. But, Father, I plead your blood right now that you cleanse me of any unforgiven sin in my life, Father. Fill me with your spirit. May I speak what you want me to say, Holy Father. Speaking directly to you. My relationships with you, Lord, it's not with no it, my relationship that matters is with you. You're the one that died for me. Therefore, please, I'm asking you to let me show these people the truth. Through your precious word, your representative, your little W that represents you here on this earth. The little word of God. You being the big word of God, I pray that you let me take the scriptures. Use it for the honor and glory of your bride, Father. Lead God and direct them into the truth. If I'm wrong about something, may I see the truth. Chasten me, Lord. Whatever it takes to put me on the right path. Because I realize I'm nothing. Just as the Apostle Paul said, he was nothing. I know I'm nothing. I count every every bit of my knowledge and everything that, that I've known for almost 44 years now at dumb outside of anything but you, Lord Jesus Christ, and what you want. As Paul said in, in Romans 7, O wretched man that I am. I'm wretched, Lord. I know it. I know it. That I'm nothing but a sinner saved by grace. And anything that's done through anything that I do, if it's not done by your Holy Spirit and you, it's not worth it's not worth throwing in the garbage can. So I pray that you take my lips and the words that I speak tonight. Bless the hearers, Father, with your spirit. Use the words that spoken tonight for your honor and your glory alone, Lord. And I pray this in, in your name, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. amen. Uh, okay, brethren, turn, turn to Acts, um, um, Isaiah 28, Brother Chad. Isn't that where I sent you originally? Yes. yes. I want you to read starting in verse 9, okay? Mm-hmm. I think it's verse 9. Let me get there. Uh, I don't want to start sending you all over the place without I'm there first to go along with you because I'll probably be stopping you. Isaiah chapter 28, um uh, Verse 9, the paragraph mark. Start mm-hmm. reading, brother. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Them that are weaned from the milk and drawn from the breast. For precept must be upon precept, precept upon precept. Okay, mm-hmm. stop you right there. That's what I was blubbering and blabbering and sweating and screaming about 
before the program started, folks. Stop. Think about what it's saying. You know what a, you know what a precept is, don't you? In the English, you know what a precept is. And the idea, the perception of something, the way you look at something, what's your perception of what you see? Okay? You see that precept? Well, there must be precept upon precept. The, what, the way something appears with the way something appears. A subject, a topic, a topic that you see. Say, take, for instance, a topic like the Holy Spirit, the workings of the Holy Spirit. Let's take baptism as a subject. You must use the precept of baptism with the precept of baptism, the context in which it appears, and then you must use, go ahead and read, brother. Line upon line, line upon line. Here a little and there a little. Mango, I rest my case. Now, if you do anything other than that, then you have dated from the Word of God when it comes to understanding doctrine and knowing knowledge. Is that not what the... Read the first part of the of verse 9 again, brother. One more time. Whom shall he teach knowledge? And whom shall he make to understand doctrine? Okay, doctrine. that's good enough. That's good enough. That's knowledge and doctrine. Okay? Now I want you to turn to Second Timothy chapter 3, and I want you to read verse 16. Knowledge and doctrine here. Knowledge and doctrine. And when where he's reading, where he's fixing to read in verse 16, Paul has just come through a bunch of the wickedness of the last individual wickedness in the last days. That's the context of what he's, where he's fixing to quote this verse, folks. The context is the last day's wickedness, individual wickedness of man. As a matter of fact, to prove my point on the point, on the precept that I'm trying to put across on understanding sound doctrine, let's just start at verse 1 and start reading verse 1 just to let them know I'm not pulling their leg, brother. Okay, Second Timothy chapter 3. Just know also that in the last days perilous times shall come, for men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, Boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God. Sound familiar, folks? Does it sound familiar, huh? <laughs> she fits where it. Continue reading, brother. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof, from such turn away. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women. Laden. Stop right there, just say. Notice the silly women that gets led away. I guess Paul, he's a sexist, isn't he? You know why that he says why he uses those illustrations and uses a female being deceived. Do you do realize that? Bingo. Because that's the first one it was ever to see, folks, was a woman. And there, see, there's no animosity intended whatsoever. It's just a fact. The woman is more easily deceived than the man. Now, see, I say that after just giving kudos to women just a while ago, you see. So don't start calling me macho so-and-so. All right? Anyway, go ahead. Keep on reading, brother. And the woman has a way of getting her man to do what she might want him to do. 
Amen, brother. Continue reading. Okay. All right. For where did I stop here? Leading to captive, silly women laden with sins. Yes. Boy, I got taken away there. Okay, so ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, go right up above that, brother. Right. For of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly silly women laden with sins, led away with divers' lusts, ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Now, as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. But they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Now, these are thoroughbred heretics here, folks. These are thoroughbred, thoroughbred heretics that have no knowledge of the truth, and that what, what they're teaching is a bald-faced lie. Okay? They, they have no, they've got no connection with the truth at all. They're settled in their own way of thinking. And God the Father has not, he doesn't look like that he's going to grant this bunch any kind of form of repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Because the only way anybody's going to learn is for God to give them repentance to, to understand the truth if they've been leading a, leading a lie in their life and believing a lie anyway. It's going to be God the one that's behind it. It's not going to be the individual. Go ahead, keep reading, brother. <clears throat> Verse 10, But thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra. What persecutions I endured. Okay, just stop right there. Let me bring to your attention what Paul said. Did you catch it? Did you listen? You have fully known... My what? Doctrine. Is that what it says, Brother Chad? Amen. That's fully known my doctrine. Okay. What <laughs> does Paul say five times? Five times. What does he say, Chad? Five, five, five times the Lord allows him to say oh, something. Oh, yeah. He says, be a follower of me. And do as he did, Right. Amen. Okay. Now that 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 what does that what does that say? Is that just my opinion? Am I just bringing your? Uh, am I just trying to push my thoughts on you? So I want you to think about this, folks. Okay, Lord Jesus, show them what I'm saying, please. Holy Spirit of God, please. I'm begging. Now those are two little bitty simple things. Paul says they've known his doctrine from the beginning, and he tells them to be a follower of him. And will do the things that he's done and pay attention to what he teaches. Okay? I'm going to show you just a little bit in just a minute why he said that. There's a reason why he said I know. I know some of you have never heard this stuff before, folks. You need to hear it now. The Lord's got somebody out there right now that needs to hear what's being said. There's somebody out there right now that needs to hear this. So we're talking about doctrine. He's just come through the context of this chapter so far. He's just been talking about the wicked end time, the individual uh, unrighteousness of individuals in the last days. Okay, he gives the example of women, and then he changes, he jumps ship, 
and starts talking about the, his doctrine is correct, telling these people, telling Timothy, hey, listen, son, Timothy, you've known my doctrine. You've known what I've taught. Like he told the Ephesian elders, he had not shunned to declare unto them the whole counsel of God. Do not forget that phrase, whatever you do tonight. That Paul told the Ephesian elders that they, that he had told, gave unto them the whole counsel of God because we're going to be going to Ephesians probably quite a bit. And that's simply the reason right there. It's because if it's that important, the Ephesians knew about it because Paul said that he gave them the whole counsel of God. Don't be one of those that immediately run off and say, well, that don't mean that they wrote down everything Paul told them in Ephesians. See, that's the yeah buts. Just listen to what the Spirit's telling you, okay? Continue reading, Brother Chad. And for myself, Timothy was the uh, the minister in Ephesia, yeah? That's exactly right. He was the pastor yeah. in Ephesus. <laughs> that's right. I'm glad you brought that out, brother. I just wanted that. That's, that's good. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, but out of them all the Lord delivered me. Yea, and all that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But continue thou in the things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of. And watch this. Knowing of whom thou hast learned them. Bingo! <laughs> See what I'm saying, folks? If you slow down and read and pay attention to what you're reading, everything I just got through saying, he, re- he reiterates it right there. And of whom you've learned them from. Must be pretty important, wouldn't you say, Brother Chad? Amen. Yes. Continue reading. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. He's he's referring to Timothy. Go ahead. Which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God. Watch this close, folks. Watch this close. The Holy Spirit don't put nothing in here by chance. Everything is put in here for a reason, and the order is put in here. Go ahead and read, brother. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine. Bingo. That's the first thing that scripture is important for. Doctrine. Why is doctrine the first in the list? Because doctrine sets the foundations of what the rest of your Christian life, the way your Christian life patterns out and maps out and the things you're supposed to follow and what you're supposed to do in in your Christian life. That's the very first thing that's given here. The scriptures are given for doctrine number one. Keep on reading, brother. Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Bingo. That's what it's all about, folks. That's what it's all about. Doctrine, 
correction, reproof, instruction in righteousness. That's what all the, what's all the script. That's the reason we got the scriptures. And the very first thing is doctrine. Okay, you got that settled in your mind. Now, right before we go to Mark chapter sixteen, I want Brother Chad to turn to First Corinthians chapter one. I want you to read. Start to reading in chapter 1, this and then, before, I'm going to preface what he's fixing to read before he reads it to give you an idea of what Paul was dealing with. And when I taught First and Second Corinthians, I did this, but a lot of you people that are going in here are not going to go back and listen to the series on First and Second Corinthians. You're just going to listen to the night and, and go to sleep, okay? But the, the Corinthian church was the most carnal, screwed up, doctrinal church that Paul attended. They would not they would not correctly take care of their teachers. They would not give like they were supposed to give. They all claimed to have spiritual gifts. Everyone was bragging about his spiritual gift and oh what it was doing for him. And some of them had fake spiritual gifts that Paul had to reprimand them about. This is the most screwed up church that Paul had. And he loved them, and he dealt with them. He wrote them two letters, trying to get them straightened out. That's who Paul's dealing with. That's the context of First and Second Corinthians. That's the precept of First and Second Corinthians. Okay? Now remember, Paul has so told you, but just like Brother Chad brought out, and I pulled it out of him, I knew he knew it, Five times Paul says to be a follower of him and do the things that he did and listen to what he said because he got them straight from, Father, forgive me, you know I'm just using a euphemism. He got it straight from the horse's mouth. Straight from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You need to keep that in mind yourself while you're running around all over the rest of the Scripture trying to pull doctrine for you, I said doctrine for you, out of places that ain't got jack squat to do with you, unless it's, you can get a spiritual meaning out of it. Okay? Start reading, Brother Chad. Just take off, and I'll call your attention when, I, when, I want, when the important thing pops up. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, Paul called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ through the will of God, and Sosthenes, our brother. Unto the church of God, which is at Corinth, to them that are sanctified in Jesus in Christ Jesus, called to be saints, with all that in every place call upon the name of Jesus Christ our Lord, both of theirs and ours. See, these guys are Christians, man. These guys are Christians that he's dealing with. And you got one of the, and I hate to jump off on this, but to, to, this is this is all this all comes under the heading of the context of what we're talking about right now. So I don't have any problem saying it. These are Christians. One of them's going to bed with his daddy's wife. Do you hear what I'm saying? One of them's going to bed with his daddy's wife. You know what that makes him, don't you? You know what the blue gum favorite word is, don't you? These are Christians called to be saints that Paul's dealing with. See, do you read the Scriptures like that? Do you know the book well enough to understand that? Well, it's time to get off the bottle 
and start eating a little meat, okay? And put your baby formula down and start eating a little meat. Continue on, brother. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf. Oh, yes, thank you, brother. By, by the way, if, if some of you don't believe what I said, run along and get, don't get hidden in the traffic, okay? Go find it. You ought to be hungry for the book. This is what you're supposed to eat. You're supposed to check me out and see if I'm lying to you or not, see? Go find out where it's at. Okay? It's in this book right here we're reading that he's in that. It's in 1 Corinthians. I'll give you a hint, Okay? It's between chapter 5 and chapter 8. Go find it. <laughs> Go ahead, brother. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ, that in everything ye are enriched by him, in all utterance and in all knowledge, even as the testimony of Christ was confirmed in you, so that ye come behind in no gift, waiting for the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ who shall also confirm you unto the end, that ye may be blameless in the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Do you hear what he just said, folks? <laughs> this, is, this is one of the most amazing things that, that, that's in the Scriptures. What Brother Chad just read you, that the Lord Jesus Christ was going to confirm each one of these blubbering, conceited jackasses, Christians, was going to confirm them unto the end. Did you catch it? Do you know the book to know who he's talking to? Do you know the concept, precept, the context of the book of who he's talking to? Then don't even profess to claim that you know the scriptures. Don't profess that you can blubber out to anybody else what the scriptures say if you don't know that simple fact. Okay? Don't be a novice. Continue on, brother. God is faithful by whom ye were called unto the fellowship of his Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you. Okay, stop. He wants them to all speak the same thing. No one saying, I'm this, I'm that, I got this, he don't have that. No, it, it ain't, the body is not divided, folks. And that's where, it, that did, like I told you, this is one screwed up bunch of Christians. Okay? Continue, brother. But that ye be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were ye baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you. Don't ever forget Paul saying that too. He's thinking... Sovereign God Almighty that he didn't baptize any of them. 
all you if there's any Campbellites in the bunch that think water's got anything to do with your salvation, <laughs> Paul <laughs> thanks God that he didn't put nobody under the water, none of them, except maybe maybe a couple of them, okay? But anyway, well, all he's saying is that he's showing you plainly, if you believe what you read, that baptism ain't got nothing to do with your salvation, okay? Or he wouldn't have said that. Go ahead, brother. Yeah, but Crispus and, and Gaius. Crispus and Gaius, that's right. Lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. Not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. For the preaching of the cross is to them that perish foolishness, but unto us which are saved it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise and will bring to nothing the understanding of the prudent. Where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? For after that, in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Okay, you can go ahead and stop right there. A little later on, Paul says, I, I, I beseech you, brethren, to be ye followers of me. After everything he's just said, that's what he tells the Corinthians, to be a follower of him. And a matter of fact, in Corinthians, I think he makes that statement three times. Trying to get them straightened out to where you haven't got all the division and everybody claiming this and claiming that, okay? Because, like I said, as you further along you get on in this book, after you get past chapter 3 in 1 Corinthians, then Paul starts dealing with their problems. See, now, to, get, if, if I re, if to, do, to do this correctly, I'd have to go and teach 1 Corinthians and say all over again. But I'm just giving you the highlights because of heresy. Because this place, this this church is eat up with heresies. Okay? It's eat up with heresies. And we'll be checking back in it on some of these heresies in a little while. Now we're going to go to the Gospel of Mark. And we're going to see where a lot, where the, there's been denominations made. Okay? That's pulled away many, many, many of people. I'm going to show you some of their proof text. And then I'm going to show you how Paul deals with some of that stuff, too. All right? And it may ruffle some of your feathers. And if it does, all I can say is, if they get turned the wrong way, just take your hand and rub the nap of your neck and rub them back down in the right way, okay? Show a little grace. All right? Believe what you read or what you hear Read because we're not trying to be deceiving and then use the scriptures deceitfully because it'll be in the context of what we're talking about. All right? It's the reason I've taken such a long introduction here to bring you to this point. Okay? We're going to deal with baptism and we're going to deal with so called gifts of the Spirit. That's what that's that's some of the things that we're going to deal with, with the heretical things, because some of the biggest denominations in the assembly of God, the church of God, you know, the church of God in Christ, 
the church of this, that, and the other, the church of the mighty tongue, the church of whatever, you know. There are so many splits and splinters, it's pitiful. Splitting over gifts of the Spirit. Okay? The gifts of the Spirit, keep in mind, they're just, they, they were, and the ones that remain still are. Just as true as the day that it came out of the Lord's mouth that he was going to give them. Okay? But see, you've got, you can't go and just read what we're fixing to read and stop and build a church, do, build church doctrine on Mark 16. We're fixing to read it. Start in verse 14, Brother David, and, st- and read the rest of the chapter. Okay. Um, Mark 16, verse 14. Afterward he appeared unto the eleven, as they sat at meat, and upbraided them with their unbelief and hardness of heart. Okay, let me make a point. This is after the resurrection, so the new covenant is definitely in effect. Okay? It's after the resurrection. So the the new covenant is definitely in effect according to the book of Hebrews. The testament is only in effect after the death of the testator. Continue on, brother. Because they believed not them which had seen him after he was risen. And he said unto them, Go ye into all the world, and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. But he that believeth not shall be damned. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name, they, uh, in my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Good, brother. That's good. Now I want you to go back up there, and I want you to come down through again, and let's read what he said, these signs. I want you to understand what he's saying, brother. Chad, while Brother David's reading this, I want you to take your concordance because I don't know the chapter, but I know where it's at. It's in Corinthians. I want you to go over to Corinthians where and, and look in your concordance and look up um, uh, a sign. Look up the word sign, and as you scroll down through there, you'll see where it says, the Jews seek for a sign, okay? Okay. Look up that phrase right there, and then you'll also see in the concordance when you scroll down through there, it's, you'll see that it'll say tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. In other words, yes. it was a sign for the unbelievers. Yes, I have it. Okay, Brother David, let's read this again. Let's see how much, let's see how much of the scriptures you folks really believe, okay? See if you're a real Bible literalist. I believe every word of it. Is that right? I know I do. I believe every every sap-sucking word in the Scriptures. Lord, I'm being reverent here. You know I'm just speaking in common language. 
just like Paul did. Speech was contemptible, and they said he was rude. I'm just trying to imitate what the scriptures say. That's all. What I'm supposed to do. Go ahead and read, Brother Dave. These signs shall follow them to believe. Okay. Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. Okay, and okay. Let's, let's, let's take that first one. That's right. Right. Every Campbellite in the world knows where that verse is. They'll, they'll quote the half of the verse every single time. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. And then they'll stop right there and say, See there, you can believe, but if you believe, you've got to be baptized to be saved. And they'll sit right there till you, till you force them to read the other part of the verse and show them what the Scriptures are saying. Then they will jump to Acts chapter 2, verse 38. Okay? Every Campbellite or every Church of Christ in the world knows Mark 16, 16, 1 Peter 3, 21, half the verse, Galatians 6, Romans 6, one verse out of each one of those uh, contexts, each of those chapters, and they'll only quote half the verse and never put it in the context where it appears. Now read the next part of the verse, brother. Verse 17, and these signs no, no. shall fall. No, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved. The next part. But he that believeth not shall be damned. I didn't say a word about baptism, did he? And the second part, no. Not a word. Not a Well, I wonder why not. If it's if it if it, you've got to be baptized to be saved, well, I wonder if a person's baptized, but don't believe. He can always fall back. Well, I was baptized and saved. First Peter three twenty one. There's not a single soul in the world where baptism saved them, folks. Okay, baptism even in the new, even in the early church was always a figure. Everybody that got saved got baptized. Okay, that's just the thing. That's just the way it was. Why? Because they were doing it because the Lord Himself was baptized. Every single apostle was baptized. It's recorded that every single apostle was baptized that we know of. Every early Christian in early Christian church, the church fathers, every one of them was baptized. I was baptized. If you've been converted, you should be baptized. If you're not, you should get baptized. Because it'll save you? Absolutely not. 1 Peter 3.21, Brother Dave, then we'll come back to Mark 16. 1 Peter 3.21? Right. You read it. This I'm only, first of all, I'm going before Brother Dave reads it, I'm gonna read it like a Campbellite, a Church of Christ reads it. They'll they'll start there at Mark sixteen, then they'll go to first Peter three twenty one. They'll say, First Peter three twenty one, where even even baptism does now also save us. See there, baptism saves you. That's what they'll say. Now let's see what the verses really say, Brother Dave. Okay, First Peter three twenty one. There is also an antitype, which Bro- now saves us, brother. First Peter three twenty one. First yes. Peter three twenty one. Yes, that's where I am. Oh, sorry. Uh, for some reason, I got New King James version. Uh huh. 
First Peter three twenty one. How did I know that? I wonder. <laughs> heresy. <laughs> Teaching on heresy. I had to have some new King James in there. <laughs> Go ahead, brother Dave. There is also an antitype which now saves us, brother. That's Baptism. not that's not the King James Bible, brother. The wrong verse, I believe, uh, brother Dave. First Peter three, twenty one. You read it. Chad, read it. It says, which also, after a true likeness, doth now save you, even baptism. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the interrogation of a good conscience toward God through Listen. the resurrection. Well, look, both, of y'all, both of y'all can just chill for just a second. I'll, now I'll quote you the verse. Where even doth now even baptism now also save us? That's what the Campbellite will quote because that's verbatim quote out of a King James Bible. I don't know what y'all are reading, okay? I don't know where you got what you got. Don't tell me this is a Mandela effect, okay? But I don't know where you're getting where you're getting, but you're not reading out of the Bible. All right. Oh, you, you know what? I I apologize. I was I was studying heresy earlier, Pastor, and uh, this 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 page I had open was ASV. So I apologize. Uh, so I, I I know that I know it by heart, man. That's the reason I, I'm not being mean to y'all. I just I'm laughing because I know that you're not reading out of a King James Bible. I know it by heart. It's where even doth now even baptism also save us not to putting away the filth of the flesh. They'll never read that part. But the answer of a good conscience toward God. That's what baptism is. It doesn't isn't that what it says, Brother Dave? Uh yeah, almost verbatim. <laughs> That's right, yeah. Amen. Amen. Does it not say that? It said it's an answer of a good conscience toward God. Amen. Answer amen. of a good conscience towards God, yep. Right. Got nothing to do with your salvation whatsoever. Mm-hmm. It's your answer of a good conscience toward God. But they won't read that part, see? Just like the first before the program started, and I made the comment about all the holy rollers that want to talk being being baptized in the Holy Ghost. There's no such animal. There's no verse in the Scripture that says that, period. And guess four knew exactly what I was talking about and put up the verse they always go to to say that that's what the Bible says, like they, they know what they're talking about. Guess four knew exactly the verse to put up because, because they'll swear that the verse says that, but that's not what the verse says. But anyway, back to Mark 16. So baptism is a figure. You know what a figure is? A figure does nothing. It says it's a like figure. Where even even doth now baptism also? I, it's, uh, read it again, brethren. I, I, now I'm stumbling on it. <laughs> where it's a like figure. Where even doth now even baptism also save us? Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God. Now then, is that the correct quote? Amen. Whereunto even baptism doth also now save us. Thank you. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh, but the answer of a good conscience toward God by the Amen. resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. See, the, the baptism, when you're put under the water, it's a picture of the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ. Paul talks about it in Romans 5 and 6. Okay? 
So we could keep on. I could go to Galatians, and then we could jump over there to Revelation chapter 5 and 6 where Paul talks about baptism. But there's no water even anywhere close in the baptism that Paul's talking about. Why? Because there is a spirit baptism. You hear what I said? There is a spirit baptism. And it ain't got nothing to do with being baptized in anything. It's being put into a person. So I want you to look up, stay stay right there in Mark 16, Brother David, while Brother Chad looks up. For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. I forget this in Corinthians. Mm-hmm. All the heresies come out. All ninety nine point nine percent of all the heresies come out of the Corinthian, the first and second Corinthians. Yeah, first Corinthians twelve. But before we go, the Campbellites, what what part of this verse are they are they building their false doctrine on? I, I, I'm having a hard time seeing the false doctrine because it seems plain. So in first Peter, it, it, <laughs> it is okay. plain, brother. Okay, it is plain to somebody that reads all the scripture. They'll only read half the verse when they're talking to an individual. They won't ever complete the verse and look at the context where it appears. Oh, Nobody, so they see, they'll tell you going under the water in, in regular baptism is what saves a person. Then they, um, and they, listen, so they to don't me. listen to me, brother. I'm yeah, trying to tell you something, okay? Yeah, yeah. Then the reason they, they, they'll never give you the context. You see, Peter in the context there is talking about Noah's baptism, Noah's flood, the flood of Noah. Do you realize that not a single soul in Noah's flood got wet? They were in the ark. Mm-hmm. But in these, but these Campbellites try to try to make everywhere they see baptism, they see water, and wherever they see water, they think baptism. But 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 baptism. Everywhere they see the word baptism, they think it's got to be water. And everywhere they see the word water, they think it's got to do with baptism. It's a it's called circular reasoning. It's something mm-hmm. happens to the brain. All right. But what is now? What is it you was fixing to ask me a while ago? What is it you don't understand? No, I got it now. I can see the context. Eight souls were saved by water. It doesn't say that they were. Uh, baptized under the water. Amen, brother. Okay, <laughs> you see, well, you, now you understand. See how they don't read the context, right? Amen. Amen. Okay, cool. I'm glad you caught that. That's a good catch. That shows that you're learning. It's a good catch. Now let's go to 1 Corinthians 12 and read the, the baptism that does save. <laughs> um, okay, 1 Corinthians 12. Where did I go? Oh, yes, here we are. Twelve four, I think. Twelve thirteen. Oh, thirteen. Yes. Uh, for by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body, whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be bond or free, and have been all made to drink into one Spirit. That Spirit is that isn't that a S? That's a big S, isn't it? A capital it's a, S. It's a big S, all right. That's yeah. the Holy Spirit of God, folks, that puts you into the body of Christ. That baptism saves you, okay? It's just like the eight souls of Peter that was put in the ark. You know who closed the door on the ark? Noah didn't do it. Brother Dave, <laughs> what does the Bible say? Say who closed the door on the ark? Oh, God did. Absolutely, Father. absolutely. God was the author of that salvation, just like God is the author of your salvation. Not a single soul got wet. 
this Spirit of God is not water baptism. It's the Holy Spirit putting you into the body of Jesus Christ. For by one Spirit are we all baptized into one body. A Campbellite will read that and he'll disregard the Holy Spirit and think water, water, water. And you call his attention to it and he'll say, turn to Acts 2.38. And he'll quote, where even he'll go to Acts 2.38 every single time. And forget the context of what it's talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. Brother Dave, go to uh, uh, Acts chapter 2 and read verse 38. Okay. Verse 38. Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Okay, that's that. That's what every Campbellite in the world believes is the gospel. The Church of the Assemblies of God, the Holiness Church, all your charismatic churches. There's even some Northern Baptists that try to teach that that's the plan of salvation and the gospel is in Acts chapter 2. Folks, you couldn't find the gospel of the grace of God, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 4, in the manner that Paul preached it in Acts chapter 2. You couldn't find it with a finding machine. You understand me? And don't you believe a word of what I just said? If you do, God will get you. You don't believe a word I said. You go find out if I'm lying to you or not. Peter's not tough. You see, folks, this is where this, I hope you was listening. I hope you was in the chat room before the program started. This is important. The Apostle Paul has not been called out yet. That doesn't happen for seven, eight, nine chapters. Okay? The mysteries have not been revealed. The mysteries of the grace of God. The gospel of the grace of God has not been revealed to the Apostle Paul yet. The scriptures are not complete yet. Nothing has been completed yet. God's work hasn't been completed yet. He's given Judah another chance. He gives them another chance all the way up into Acts chapter 7. He gives Judah another shot. Why does he give Judah another shot? Because the Lord Jesus Christ on the cross prayed, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. And God forgave them. He forgave them for seven more chapters. Now I'm telling you, don't you believe a word I'm telling you? I might be spinning you a satanic, hellish line of crap. You go study this out and find out if I'm telling you the truth. God's given Judah another chance to Acts chapter 7. And after Acts chapter 7... Judah, finally, all the house of Judah, all the Jews, the, the real Jews that are scattered, that are come together, they meet in a council at the Sanhedrin court. They're all in the present, and, and Stephen preaches them a message. The final message that they get, the very last chance that they get to receive their Messiah and not be blinded, the last chance they get, Stephen preaches the message, and what do they do? 
they pick up rocks and stone his brains out. And what is Jesus Christ when they're stoning his brains out? He's standing. You hear what I'm telling you? Now you listen close. He's standing at the right hand of God, ready to come back. What is so strange about him standing? Didn't Brother Dave just get through reading to you earlier that he went and was sitting at the right hand of the Father? Isn't that what you read, Brother Dave? Uh, I don't think so. We'll run over there to Mark 16 and make sure I'm telling you the truth. I might have lied. He took a seat at the right hand of the Father. Not in in, in, Mark, in Acts chapter 7. He's not, he's not sitting nowhere. He's standing, and he's standing for a reason. Because he sits down after Acts chapter 7. And guess who's standing there watching Stephen get his brains rocked out? But Mr. Saul of Tarsus holding the coats of the ones that stoned Stephen's brains out when Christ was standing there ready to come back. Isn't that what it says in the last verse in in Mark uh, 16? Yeah, verse 19. Yeah, I didn't read that, but yeah, but it does say that. Read it to everybody so they can hear it. So then, after the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Thank you. Thank you very much. See, folks? See what I'm saying? You've got to check this stuff out. I might be lying to you. I may have a secret hidden agenda. I may be deceived myself. You need to let the Word of God show you the truth. Now, real quick, go to Acts chapter 7, Brother David, and see if I was lying again. I want you to start. I'll I'll tell you while he's turning to Acts chapter 7, I'll go ahead and tell you what's going on. The Sanhedrin are all gathered together. You know who the Sanhedrin was, all you lawyers, don't you? All you lawyers understand who the Sanhedrin was. That that was the whole court. They represented all of, quote-unquote, Israel at the time. The northern tribes are no longer Israel, remember? God's not their God, and they're not his people, Hosea chapter 1. See, you can't forget that. See, that's what, I, that's what um, Dr. Ruttman forgot. He didn't forget it. He just didn't want to teach it. I'll tell you that right now, Brother, Brother Chad. He, he didn't forget it. He just didn't teach it, because I, I'll tell you privately later. But anyway, in Acts chapter 7, the Sanhedrin's gathered, and Stephen has went through the whole Bible telling them about the Messiah going to come back. And he tells he comes all he comes all the way through from Adam to Genesis to Resolution comes all the way through Moses preaches everything and gets right up there and tells them that they've crucified their Messiah. I want you to start, Brother Dave, about halfway through the chapter because it's a long chapter. How many verses? Forty something verses. Uh, Sixty. Sixty verses. Okay, I want you to start halfway down the chapter, and I want you to start reading. Now, folks, I want you to remember what I've told you and see if what I'm telling you is not true and what happens. Go right ahead, Brother uh, brother Dave. The standing part's in verse... Um, oh, yeah, but I want them to get a gist of what I'm talking about. Okay. That's, that's Stephen's preaching to them and laying right. out, there they have crucified their Messiah. Okay. 
Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to let you know that there's quite a few verses I'll read. Okay. Acts 7, verse 30. And when 40 years were expired, there appeared to him in the wilderness of Mount Sinai an angel of the Lord in a flame of fire in a bush. By the way, that angel of the Lord is the Lord Jesus Christ. It's the I am. That's right, Brother David. You're good to call me on that. Skip on down about five verses. Okay. Uh, this Moses, whom they refused, saying, Who made thee a ruler and a judge? The same did God send to be a ruler and a deliverer by the hand of the angel which appeared to him in the bush. He brought them out. After that, he had shewed wonders and signs in the land of Egypt and in the Red Sea and in the wilderness forty years. This is that Moses which said unto the children of Israel, A prophet shall the Lord your God raise up unto you of your brethren, like unto me. Him shall ye hear. There you go, and that and Stephen is showing them. He's coming from every direction trying to show them Jesus Christ, the Son of God, their Messiah. That's what that's the that's the whole gist of the whole message. Go on down about four or five more verses, brother. Then God turned and gave them up to worship the host of heaven. As it is written in the book of the prophets, O ye house of Israel, have ye offered to me slain beasts and sacrifices by the space of forty years in the wilderness? Yea, ye took up the tabernacle of Moloch and the star of your god Raphan. Rimphan. Rimphan. Figures which ye made to worship them, and I will carry you away beyond Babylon. Our fathers had the tabernacle of witness in the wilderness, as he had appointed, speaking unto Moses, that he should make it according to the fashion that he had seen, which also our fathers that came after brought in with Jesus into the possession of the Gentiles, whom God drave out before the face of our fathers unto the days of David. That Jesus would have been Joshua, right? That's exactly right. It is Joshua. 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 Right. Mm -hmm. Verse 46. Who found favor before God and desired to find a tabernacle for the God of Jacob. But Solomon built him an house. Howbeit the Most High dwelleth not in temples made with hands, as saith the prophet. Heaven is my throne. And heaven and earth is my footstool. What house will ye build me, saith the Lord? Or what is the place of my rest? Okay, now y'all see how Stephen's being meticulous. I mean, he's he's hitting he's hitting every one of the prophets. He's pulling it from every one of the prophets. He's laying it on the line. Go on down, brother, till about the last three or four verses. Okay. Which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted? And they have slain them which shewed before of the coming of the just one, of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers. 
who have received the law by the disposition of angels and have not kept it. When they heard these things, they were cut to the heart, and they gnashed on him with their teeth. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. Now, yeah, you, you're, you're Sanhedrin. They were convicted, all right. They were, they were P.O.'d because he just told them, hey, you've killed the one I've spent the last hour and a half pulling a Don Spears. <laughs> I speak reverently, Lord. Or a two-hour long, long-winded sermon telling them that they, right there, told them that you've killed the just one. The one that our fathers have been waiting for all these years. The pipes were laid out. The picture was laid out. The typology was laid out. Everything was laid out. Your kinsman redeemer, the one that was supposed to come, the just one, you by wicked hands took and slew him. And what did they do? Did they repent and cry out to God for forgiveness for doing that? Nope. Nope. They gnashed gnashed on him with their teeth. And rocked his brains out. Keep on reading, Brother David. Let's see what happens in the very last verse. Okay. But he, being full of the Holy Ghost, looked up steadfastly into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing on the right hand of God. So Jesus Christ stood up. Jesus Christ stood up after being seated. Nobody's told you that before. Like I said, it's time to throw away your infamil formula and eat a little meat, okay? Nobody's told you that before. Instead of sitting like he is supposed to be doing and like he's doing right now, in between those two sitting downs, he stood up. He didn't stand up to scratch the backside of his leg, folks. Okay? What What I've laid out before you it should be as plain as day to you if you know the book. He stood up for reason. He don't. He didn't just stand up and say, "Hey, Stephen, what's going on?" See, the commentators, some of them will try to tell you, "Oh, he's standing up to receive Stephen's spirit." See, that's the way the majority will handle it. That doesn't fit the perception of what's going on. The precept of precept. The con- that doesn't fit the context of what's happening. See. Finish out the verse, brother. And said, Behold, I see the heavens opened, and the Son of Man standing on the right hand of God. Then they cried out with a loud voice, and stopped their ears, and ran upon him with one accord, and cast him out of the city, and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at at a young man's feet, whose name was Saul. Bingo. just like I told you earlier, there was the young man that God was fixing to call out. That was that was the one God was going to use and going to reveal all the new mysteries, all the stuff to. There he was right there. He was consenting to the death of Stephen. Go get him, guys. Kill that heretic. Rock his brains out. While they was running to get those Stephen in a pit, probably holding their hands over there, 
get rid of that heretic. He, he, he's not one of us. No, get rid of him. And there was Paul. Oh, excuse me, Saul. He hadn't been renamed yet. Standing there, and they laid down their garments at his feet. And he was consenting to Stephen's death. Finish it on out the chapter, brother. Okay. And they stoned Stephen, calling upon God and saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And he kneeled down and cried with a loud voice, Lord, lay not this sin to their charge. The Lord and didn't answer. Had... And I need to call this one thing to your attention before he finishes out the chapter. God heard the, the Lord Jesus' prayer to forgive them for not for they know not what they do. That's the reason they had this chance right here. But when Stephen prayed, Father said, uh-uh, they ain't getting no chance now for at least another 2,000 years. Go ahead, brother. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. Amen. That's what happens. That's the perception, that's the precept, that's the context of a whole event. See, not just one verse picked out. That's a whole event that took place. That is a picture. That is one of those broad pictures that you color Okay, it's like, I'm going to quit using the coloring book reference. I'm going to start using, like you go to a, some thrift store and they got this picture that's got numbers all on it and you paint it and there's a beautiful picture of the Mona Lisa or some beautiful picture of a horse under an apple tree with a lake behind it. But when you just look at all the numbers, you don't make no sense. But when you follow the numbers with the correct paint and put the paint in the numbers, when you finish the numbers... Then you've got the beautiful picture. I've just given you a picture. Okay? And to be redundant, again, it's Gestalt teaching. Okay? It's not like these other folks out here do. There's very few of us kind of teachers that's out there. And that's why we're all over the book all the time. Because the book paints a picture. The whole Word of God, everything in the Word of God paints a mighty, beautiful, glorious, eternal picture. And that's what we're doing is painting a picture. I just painted you a picture. With the Scripture, in the context, where it appears, and not only in the context where it appears, but the context of the whole story of what was just told. Not not like the Campbellites that like I showed, like we went through earlier. You can go back to Mark 16 now, brother. Okay. Brother Chad, what time is it, brother? Uh, 8.25 Central. 8.25 Central. We've been on an hour and a half already? Mm, well, we started a quarter after, so hour and ten. Okay, we'll go a few more minutes, and then we'll on, on this baptism stuff, and then we'll come back. Oh, by the way, while Brother Dave's turning back to Mark 16... Tomorrow night, tomorrow's Labor Day, and the, some of the laborers have work to do tomorrow, and so we, there won't be a program tomorrow night. We'll pick back up Friday night on another heresy. Instead of baptism, we're going to pick up another one this coming Friday night. It'll, it'll be we'll study out the tongues and some of the other supposed gifts of the Spirit. We'll study out some more this coming Friday night before we get back into Daniel and Revelation. Brother Chad, I'm going to do what I said I'm going to do, brother, okay? Just letting yeah. you know. Okay. Amen. I'm, 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 I'm just so enthralled with that picture you painted. I, I, I have to know. He's he's standing. What, 
what was gonna what was going on there? Why is he standing? <laughs> was was he gonna jump down? And like, I mean, he knows what he was gonna do, but he's standing. What what does it mean? I'm I'm on my on edge of my seat. Amen, brother. Well, he's been sitting for he's been sitting now for over two thousand years, and guarantee you, next time he stands up, he ain't gonna sit down. And you know that because of the Book of Revelation and the Book of Hebrews. All right, Brother Dave, back to Mark 16. Yes. Start reading again. Let's go through one of the other ones. Okay. We hit baptism. Let's hit with uh, they shall speak with new tongues. And these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing... It shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. So okay, then, that, okay. <laughs> each one of them, you can't say that the first and the second one are literal and the third one is figurative, folks. You can't pick and choose. Hmm? You can't pick and choose. You can't come down through the list and say, well... This is literal, yes, sir. This is, these tongues are literal, yeah, but the, the snakes are not. That's figurative, see. If they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. Really? You believe that? You believe that today? You believe that's happening today? Do you really? Ask yourself, do you really believe that? And don't let some asinine Campbellite, well, you just don't have the faith to believe it, brother. Don't let some jackass come along and try to tell you something like that, see. So I believe it. I believe every blessed word of it. And I believe it did follow the apostles. And I believe in the early church, especially during the Acts period, it happened. You know it happened because it happened to Paul. He got poison put in him, and it was by a snake, and he shook it off in the fire. Everybody thought that the, God, that the people around him thought he was cursed of God, and then when he shook the snake off his hand, it had no effect on him, so the poison didn't hurt him. They thought, then they turned around and thought he was a god. Okay? First of all, they thought he was cursed by God. Then when they saw the sign that the poison didn't hurt him, and neither did the snake, neither one of them, the poison and the snake, hurt him, then they thought he was a god. Well, that's just a fulfillment of what it says here in Mark. Was the scripture fulfilled then or not? Hmm? Well, I can tell you, I done been snake bit. I must have not had enough faith because I sure, I, I, I didn't, it didn't kill me, but it wasn't because it couldn't have killed me, okay? Because I was half drunk probably. Back when I was a high school graduate. Up in East Tennessee, they still handle snakes. But listen to see, you can't say that you believe the new tongues, and you can't believe the laying of the hands on the sick and they'll heal without believing the one in the middle. That's what a point I'm trying to make. You can't pick and choose. Oh, you can, and oh, you do, and they do. But you can't not if you not if you believe the word. See. See, I believe that you could lay hands, laying hands on them and they'll recover absolutely. That's proven all through the Acts period. The, that's, what the, you know, that's what the word Acts means, the Acts of the Apostles. 
That's the reason it's called Acts. My goodness. Peter Peter healed that man and said, Rise up and walk. He jumped up praising God. Remember that? Remember that guy fell out of the loft in the book of Acts? Fell down dead. Paul went and, and, and raised him from the dead. Remember that? Remember Paul, all the healings? Paul could even send him a piece of cloth. See, those people that, that on TV that say, send in your money for this fountain pen that's been prayed for and it'll give you a healing. And bless God, he'll send you $100,000 in the mail. All you got to do is write a check to me for 5000 See? You know where to get that from? They get it from the Scripture. Because at one time, that did happen. But how come that Paul, the greatest Christian that ever lived, will you please tell me? See, I've told you this at least 1,500 times in the last four years, and have, have nobody's called my hand on it. And nobody's going to call my hand on it tonight because they know it's true. And you can't say nothing about it. How come at the end of Paul's ministry, that all through the latter, all Paul's ministry from the time of the book of Acts, two years into it, when he picked up Luke, he carried a registered physician with him all of his life. And how come he couldn't even heal his friend at the end of his ministry? After raising the dead, when he preached all night and the guy fell out of the loft, will you please tell me why he couldn't even heal his bed, one of his best friends in Miletum? Had to leave him there sick. And he carried a registered physician with him all of his later life till the day he died. Did the Lord lie with these verses Brother David wrote? Absolutely not. Every one of them was true. Every one of them took place. Every one of them happened. Absolutely every one of them happened in the new church because it was a new beginning. It was a new beginning. It was a new... It was the birth of something new. It was a new covenant. The bride of Christ was born. The body of Christ was born. It was a new beginning starting. So the Lord used new things to charge... To, to, to supercharge that New Testament church. And it's been, it, people have been trying to counterfeit it and revitalize it ever since, thinking they're going to revitalize the days of the book of Acts, thinking they're going to bring in Joel 2 all over again. Folks, it ain't happening. You study to show yourself approved unto God a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. See? I believe every one of those things Brother David read, and we're going to deal with tongues specifically Friday night. We're going to go through every jot and turn and curve and corner on tongues, unknown tongues, every tongue in the world, the spirit business, we're going to deal with every, one, every bit of that this coming Friday night. Brother, brother Chad, 
turn over there and read where Paul left his friend and Miletum sick, okay? Okay, uh, that's Acts. No, that's it for it'll be in first at the end of First Corinthians, I believe. It's in the la- it's either in the last few verses of Romans or the last few verses of First Corinthians. I, more more than likely Second Corinthians, but if he said I left so and so in Miletum sick. He couldn't even heal his friend, folks. But yet he had raised the dead, and his just stuff that he touched had healed earlier. But you see, you you keep forgetting the ministry went for decades. It's in Second uh, Timothy four, verse twenty. Okay, that'll go ahead and read, it, brother, since you're there and found it. Oh. Okay. Uh, you want just that one verse? Yeah. Okay. Erastus abode at Corinth. But Trophimus have I left at Miletum sick. Okay, you can you can you could read the context if you want to. It's not going to make any difference. The point, no, no, that's fine. The no, point remains the same. The point <clears throat> remains the same. The only greatest Christian that ever lived that you could get healed by touching parts of his cloth that touched him from a thousand miles away. He couldn't even heal his own friend, and he carried a registered physician, Doctor Luke, like I said, to the day he died because of all the pain he suffered. Because of all the beatings that he took, because of all the shipwrecks, because of all the sicknesses, because of all the stripes of the Jews, because just everywhere Paul turned, he would stumble and fell on his face, okay? To the point where you'd believe that he was a mighty sinner, because my good feet, because the Lord was really chastening him, man. Oh, yes. The self-righteous may think that way. But Paul covers all that, and so does even old brother Peter. All that suffering stuff, see? Folks, you better be careful. better be careful, because all that stuff happens for reasons. Then it's all covered. The picture's painted beautifully in the Pauline epistles and in a few books in the book of Peter. It's painted gorgeously. And it's a doctrine that I've went over and spent so much time in that it's been even claimed it may be one of my hobby horses. <laughs> but it's not. It, but it's the truth. So baptism don't save nobody. Water baptism. Spirit baptism puts you in the body of Jesus Christ. Water baptism is the an answer and showing of a good conscience toward God. And Acts chapter 238, they had to get baptized for the remission of sins. Okay? And they had to get baptized to even receive the gift. The gift. Do you hear me? The gift of the Holy Ghost. They had to get baptized. Back to Acts 2 in in verse 38. They had to get baptized. That bunch did. Not anymore. Later on, it stops. That's because, like I said, you can't find the gospel of the grace of God, the saving gospel of of Corinthians, 1 Corinthians 15, 1 through 5. You can't find it with a finding machine. And don't you believe a word I just said? Okay? You can't get saved according to Acts 2.38. Acts 2.38 is not the gospel of the grace of God. It just ain't. And things that are different are not the same. Then it had different results. It was to different people. 
And I don't care what you've been taught. Flush it down the commode. If I'm telling you the, the truth, if not, continue on and believe what you've been taught, okay? That's between you and God and the Spirit of God, okay? And Friday night, we're going to go a little bit deeper. It's time to throw the milk bottles away. I don't care if you've been sucking on infamil formula for 40 years. It's time to cast it away and eat a little T-bone steak. Okay? Man, it's tough to do. You can get addicted to that sweet-tasting milk. I know. I know how well I know. And then it's tough to have to chew up that meat. It's hard to have to throw away that easy-to-digest milk. Heavenly Father, I thank you for tonight, Father. I pray that you take the words that's been said tonight, Lord God, use them for your honor and glory, Father, to the unregenerate and to the natural man. That may just seem like scattered wild words, Father. But to the ones that spiritually indwell, that are your children, Father, your Holy Spirit will take and use them. Use the words of God that we've read, that we've went over, to instill into their minds the truth. Put them on the straight and narrow, the right way. Take them away from any kind of heresy, Lord God, that's kept them aside, that's puffed them up in some way to make them think that they were, even though they may act like they don't think they're special, but they think they've got something that somebody else don't have. That was the problem with the Corinthian church, Father, and things are no different today. There's splinters everywhere in the body of Christ. It's divided just like it was in 1 Corinthians 1 with people claiming they're of this and they're of that and they believe this and they believe that. Father, there's only certain truths that are true. There's no such thing as relative truth in your book. Christ said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He did not say he was a way, a truth, and a life. He said he was the definite article. The way, the truth, and the life, and no man, na-na, no man cometh to the Father but by him. And the word of God is true, Father. It was true from the beginning. And you said you'd preserve your words and get them to us. You'd teach them to us spiritually by the Holy Spirit. And you said the words that you speak to us, they are spirit and they are life. And we know that's the spirit that you're talking about. And we know these words are spiritual. And I pray that you'd use them in the individual's life and may it help them to grow, Father, and become a stronger individual Christian that can add on personal righteousness, personal deeds in their life, Father, that will enhance their rewards and their eternity and glory to come. And we'll give you all the honor and the praise for everything that you do, Father. For it's in Jesus' name I pray and for his sake alone. Amen. 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 Okay. If there's any questions in the chat room, do them now. Brother Chad, you see any questions in the chat room? No questions in the chat room. 
Okay, uh, right. There was one, but it had to do with Mark 16. <clears throat> you know the, those verses that we read? In some people's Bibles, they have it in parenthesis. Oh, and, yeah, they think yeah, it was added. Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they wanted to know why it was in parenthesis. Okay, well, let me explain to them why it's in parenthesis. Some manuscripts, some of the Textus Receptus manuscripts, the Western manuscripts have the verse verses in Mark chapter 16, and some of them don't. So the King James translators, being honest, they put it in parentheses to let you know that, where the, the other Bibles just leave it out totally or either or, or, or put something in there totally different. That's why it's in parentheses. It's the honesty of the King James translators because it, it's missing from some of the manuscripts but it is in Tatian's Diatessaron, which is one of the earliest, earliest, earliest documents that we've got in the Textus Receptus, one of the earliest. If you want to get into all that textual criticism, it's one of the earliest. Every one of those verses are in Tatian's Diatessaron. So there's your answer to that. Okay, there's no other questions in the chat room. Go ahead and dismiss us in a word of prayer, Brother David, and then give the contact information, and we will close for okay. tonight. Father, we give you thanks for this word tonight. We thank you for revealing truths in scriptures that people have forgotten or have never been taught. Um, we pray for insight that they would, if they're having problems with any of these scriptures that they would re-listen. I pray that the spirit of revelation and teaching would be with them. The Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, teach them as they review these scriptures. And I pray that all those in the chat room who are having health problems, Lord, I, I just pray that they be healed. Amen. I pray that anybody who has needs, Lord, that you know, financial needs, Lord, that you would meet their needs. And I pray that those who have need of Christian fellowship, which really is probably all of us, I pray that we would be able to get good Christian fellowship, Lord. And I pray these things in the name of Jesus. So be it. Amen. 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 Contact information for Don Spears Ministry. The telephone number... 334-397-2333. Again, that's 334-397-2333. The email address is respect to the Lord at yahoo.com. The mailing address is 3155 Louisville Street, apartment D1. Clio, Alabama, zip code 36017, Thank you, everyone, for listening, and forgive me for raising my voice there <laughs> a while back, and I hope you all come again and listen. Amen, brother. Amen. Good night, everyone. God bless each and every one of you. Good job, Brother Chad, Brother David, Brother Kevin. And thank each one of you for being there in the chat room, and thank you for your downloaders taking your precious time to listen to the program. God bless each and every one of you, and Lord willing, we'll see you this coming Friday night, and we'll pick up these pro- this prophecy, this uh, 
this heresy series again, and we'll deal with tongues and maybe a couple of other things as well. Good night, everybody. Good night, brother. Good night. Good night, all. Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.